endless internal monologue that I have in my brain, always churning, churning, churning. Every third word begins with the letter F. Bless you, podcasters. Bless you all. Comedians, NPR, you independent guys that I still, or I don't really listen to. Bless you all. You know, it's quite possible that the bitterest pill is dead, and I'm just not admitting it. Not admitting it. Not admitting it. Hey, this is the bitterest pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in my garage under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. Uh, you know, as I say these words, it is uh, something like let uh, you know March twentieth. I think March. Let's look. I uh, guess whatever. I don't know. My my phone thinks it's playing a song, and so it's not showing me the. There you go. So as I record this. It's Friday, March 20th, 2015. And um, it was dawning on... How you been? It was dawning on me, honestly. This is how sad I am. Not sad in that I'm sad, how sad in that it's so sad that you're that way. Do you understand what I mean? I'm typically sad. Don't get me wrong. Let, let us not confuse things. I am typically... I personally am typically sad. But, but currently what I'm accusing myself of is being a sad sorry individual. I'm in a sorry state. It's sad. It should be sad to you, the state I'm in. I am not currently sad, although I will be as soon as this caffeine wears off. So I was thinking, it's sad. I'm sad. Whatever I was saying before, and then pretend I didn't say that other stuff, and then I'm going to continue to talk. It's sad how long it's been since I've recorded one of these shows. Now, I, I know what happens is, and, I, and people even email me, they text me, they, they send me Twitter messages like, hey, Dan, is the show dead and you're just not admitting it? Or what's going on? Are you okay? Are you in the hospital? Like, what, what has happened? Well, the truth is, um, you know, it's quite possible that the bitterest pill is dead and I'm just not admitting it to myself. But I can't see, I can't let it go. I, I can't, I can't, I understand. So the fact that I record this for myself and, uh, you know, maybe three other people and uh, I don't even know if anyone in my family even still listens. So listen, this is an exercise in very inexpensive therapy. But it, but it dawned, the, the sad part is it, it dawned on me and it has to dawn on me, which is, you know, I lose, basically I lose track of time. And I think it's true. But I, I hesitate to check, but I think it's true that I have not actually recorded a new episode of the Bitterest Pill podcast in the year 2015. Is that true? God, please tell me I'm wrong. Because I think I just said that it's the 20th of March. Isn't that what I just said? The 20th of March? I did say that, right? So 20 days into the third month and I'm finally in the... Okay. Listen, I'm... It's partly busyness and partly my mind being on other things. This is what I've been doing. And I know it's coming in every December. But what happens is very early in the year, I have to start applying for financial aid because we're not rich. We want to be rich. And we want to send our kids to the same schools that rich people, but we're not. We're, it's, we're not. We're not. And so we have to apply for financial aid for the schools. I'm not too proud to admit it. Maybe if I were too proud to admit it, I wouldn't admit it. And then I would just go make a lot more money. And we'll discuss that later. Because that's a little bit where I've been too. I got I to gotta drink something. Hold on. It really is amazing. I got to tell you something. That was the cap of my diet, Dr. Pepper. During the normal course of a day. An entire day. I do not produce anywhere near the amount of saliva that I produce when I record these podcasts. I don't I, I don't know what it is about sitting in here under the flight path in my garage w w with the microphone. I don't know if it's the pop filter is sucking the moisture into my mouth from the cell. I don't know what's happening. But as soon as I start recording, I am drowning in my own fluids. It, it is the grossest thing. And I spend the hour that we talk together trying to keep it quiet. 
and I'm sure I fail miserably. So what happens is I have to uh, fill out these financial aid forms. And to fill them out, I have to do our taxes. So at the very beginning of the year, the holidays are just, just over. Sometimes the decorations aren't even put away, and I'm already trying to do our taxes for the previous year. Because the financial aid application thing is due way before April 15th. Right? It's not April. It's March 20th. I've had our taxes due for a month. In theory. So what happens is I have to hurry up and do it, and I have to kind of rush the accountant to, to see us to do it. So I spend January and February doing alternately one financial aid application and then the taxes and then the other financial application. And then I realized that the second financial application actually requires the same information, but in a completely different way as the first application. So I essentially have to do everything but again. And then we finally get the taxes. We find out, you know. And then when you do your taxes, it's always kind of good news or bad news. Now, the good news this year is that we don't owe the government any money. We're actually getting a refund because the bad news is I didn't make Jack Rabbit last year. Last year, I didn't. I didn't. I did one commercial and it didn't air. And it doesn't look like it's going to air. I did one commercial. Remember, I did a commercial. It was for like LendingTree.com. And it, do you remember seeing it on the air? No, because it didn't. No. It didn't air. And it looks like it's never going to air. I got the letter a couple weeks ago. Dear Dan, they're not paying to hold it. It's probably not going to air. Good luck to you. So I made like working part-time at Burger King money last year, living on the west side of Los Angeles with two kids in private school and dance lessons. <laughs> so. So that's what I've been. Yeah, I've been busy with that. And then we're refinancing the house because, uh, we go, we can get a better interest rate and because <laughs> yeah, we need it. So, yeah. So it's been this panic. It's been this panic. And, you know, and, and I don't know how much I talked to you about it before, but I had started teaching acting. Which I have to say, I really enjoy. I was teaching acting to middle school, kind of high schoolish age, young high school, middle school age kids. And that seems to have just kind of imploded. I had a like a like a group going, a small group going, and then I somehow just sort of the whole thing just kind of dissolved around right before the holidays and it seems to be over now. It seems to be over and I seem to well you know what it is I think part of the problem is if you if you want to be a small business owner or do anything like that, you have to be a lot more social than I am. You can't be the kind of person, right, that just hides in a closet in their garage talking to themselves like a crazy person. Like, you have to be the kind of person that's out in the world. And I'm not that kind of person. I am not out in the world. I'm here in the house and I hide in the house. And people that are out in the world meet other people and like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I teach acting. Oh, really? Well, and then they probably have students. I uh, don't do that. Because I really live inside my brain. And every once in a while I open it up and I blah, blah, blah for an hour into the microphone here. And I send it to you. To burden you with my crazy ass shit. By the way, I'm not sure the bitter's pill is going to continue to be work safe. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I think uh, uh, I need to make a decision and we may pull the ripcord on that. Early, in the early days of podcasting, we... we, we meaning me and some other people, we had this fantasy that it was possible that we were training for, who knew, jobs in radio or we were going to be able to take these podcast recordings and put them on the radio. And so that's why I, on day one, decided not to swear. And for 10, 11, however many years it's been, I have not really been swearing on the podcast. Now, the truth is I swear all day long, all day long. 
the endless internal monologue that I have in my brain, always churning, churning, churning. Every third word begins with the letter F. And maybe, maybe that's why I have so much saliva in my mouth when I'm doing this recording. It's from not swearing. It's, <laughs> right? Some, maybe something about the swearing. It, it maintains the proper humidity inside my mouth. Although I'm pretty sure it's just I don't usually talk this much. So I think one thing I do need to do is make a concerted effort to make a, an actual decision and just decide to start saying the F word all the time. It might liberate me. I started doing stand-up again. Now, what happens is, and I did this last year, I, I think we talked about it a little bit, is uh, a couple of the parents at my kid's school, at, at my daughter's school, my son doesn't go there anymore, a couple, uh, well, let's say it's all the same school, I'll just simplify things. Okay, so some of the parents at the school, at the magic fictional school called Wild Winds, they um, get like, a, you know, they do these fund, you know, rich people, they're so crazy. Hey, let's, we, we need to raise money for the school. And I love this about the way, uh, I don't know, Americans work. Maybe, maybe it's not an American thing or maybe it's, maybe it is, maybe it's just a, an upper middle class. I don't know. We need to raise money for the school. Okay. So to raise money for the school, let's throw a party. So in an effort to raise, let's say, $2,000 for the school, let's spend about $40,000 throwing a party. So in this case, this is a little bit different where some of the parents got together and said, hey, let's put together kind of like a salon, you know, like not really a talent show, but kind of a talent show. But basically enough of the t uh, parents are performers or maybe they're filmmakers or singer, whatever. Let's put a thing together and do like a show and people come and drink and eat and whatever. So a couple of the parents own this really cool bar in Venice. It is the coolest bar. It's underground. It was part, right? We talked about this, right? It was part of the bootlegging underground of the prohibition era in Los Angeles. It's awesome, right? It's called the Del Monte Speakeasy. So we have it there, and then somebody will donate the catering, and then the guys that own the speakeasy, I think, maybe donate booze, or somebody pitches in for booze or something. I don't know. We put on this big show. We did it last year, and it sounds kind of corny to get a bunch of, you know what I mean? But it's Los Angeles, so it's not. It's really kind of crazy. So, so we did it again this year, and the organizers asked me to host again. And it was going to be a bunch of the same people, and then some different people and whatever. Well, so to get so to prepare for this, um, I need to write material, and I I try to write a bunch of material, you know, specific to Wild Winds, and all the things that the parents have on their minds that we don't talk about, but we try to, but we have to talk about, <laughs> you know, that kind of things. Like, oh, why are they asking for money for this, or why is that, or why is there so much construction across the street, and what's that, you know, that kind of thing. But also. You know, part of my constant internal monologue is thinking about stand-up comedy, thinking about stand-up comedy, thinking about stand-up comedy, thinking about stand-up Because it takes me a decade to appreciate where I am at any moment. Does that make sense? So, for instance, because I remember distinctly 10 years after watching a DVD or whatever, a video clip of me acting on a TV show like Party Five or something. And I remember watching it going, oh, yeah, you know, that that actually wasn't that bad. Ten years later, ten, it takes me ten years to, to stand back from things. Ten years. That's horrible because, you know what, we don't really live for that many decades. So you have to just kind of plow, right? So... It's taken me 10, maybe even more years to go, you know, Dan, you used to like be a regular at the comedy store, like the comedy store. You used to be able to call them and get spots. Now, they weren't great spots. You weren't any kind of, uh, you know, famous comedian, but you were like a regular, like, can you put that into some kind of perspective? And it really hit me when Louis C.K., his last album was recorded at the comedy store and he 
the day he released it, he put this email out to people or whatever, this open letter. I don't know what it was, but it was it was all about performing in clubs. And he was talking about the comedy store. And, you know, every once in a while I listen to Mark Maron's podcast and he talks about the comedy store quite a bit. That's a big part of his life. And, and the comedy store, comedy store, comedy store just kept coming up. There's a couple other comedians, one that was on HBO. Uh, he did his HBO special from there. And then another guy did his. And like, finally, guys are starting to do their specials, not from huge theaters, but from the store, the com- you know, the comedy store. So it really hit me like, Dan, you, you kind of, I mean, of the long list of things in your life that you've blown, one of the things you've blown, one of the things you had that you let slip away was the store. You didn't appreciate it at the time and you should have, and now you're an old man and what are you going to do? So, this stuff all kind of came together and I started doing stand-up a little bit. Now I'm just hiding and working out. I'm horrible. I'm still trying to get my sea legs together. And, I, and I'm making the unfortunate... I have something in my eye. I'm, I'm doing the unfortunate thing where I'm going to these tiny little crappy workout rooms and trying to get laughs where there's really... It's like 99.99% comedians. You know what I mean? Like everybody's just waiting to go on. So it's not really a true barometer. Um, but, but when we did the salon thing and I did all my wild winds material for the wild winds parents, it went over very well. So it gave me that rekindled sort of like, oh yeah, I, I actually do. Cause I kind of, when I sat down to write, I was like, I don't remember how to, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't remember how to do this. I don't remember how to make it. I, I know how to sit in my garage and talk and maybe the person listening is enjoying it. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just kind of, it's like one long setup for a punchline that never comes. But when you're live, you have this expectation of like, you got to get a laugh. You know what I mean? So, so that's what I've been doing instead of podcasting. Now I know I should be podcasting also, but, um, yeah, I know. I know. And I'm trying. But but the podcasts I listen to every once in a while, they're like, hey, you know, well, we get like 40,000 downloads a week. And I'm like, oh, oh, gee. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. OK. I don't I don't think I get that. So the motivation isn't quite, you know, what it might be. And I think I do need I do need I do need some some sort of motivation to, to kind of uh get me focused. Otherwise, I just do dishes and laundry all day and get a tiny bit of work done. And then next thing you know, it's time to pick somebody up from school. You know what I mean? Uh, that it's that that's life of a mom, which is what I am. Anyway, more on that later. So let's get let's get let's 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 shall we? Oh, the laptop. I thought it was plugged in. Where's the thingy? My laptop apparently needs a new battery, so I can't run off the battery. Can you hear me? Oh, so much better. How do you do this? There we go. Oh my God, I'm 17 minutes in. I haven't even started. Oh, that, that's not good. Have we started yet? Did you, do you, did you feel like we had started? Because I felt like we hadn't even started. I felt like that was 17 minutes of preamble. Although maybe not. I don't know. This is the walk around the block episode. You know what I mean? Like when you haven't been, and I haven't been exercising, but when you haven't been exercising and you know you need to exercise, I tend to not like just jump into a big hard exercise. Like, you know what, today I'll just walk around the block and see if I survive that. This is the walk around the block podcast. After this, then I can go back to maybe doing a real podcast. This is just a walk. This is just to like put on the sneakers and, you know, go outside. Do you understand what I mean? Although I did go to work out. I did work out today. I did. It was the first time in a long time. I actually went to the gym. I went to the version of the gym that I go to that's near Hudson School, which was actually awesome. Because when I go to the gym, I don't want to, how do I put this? I I don't want to have to work at parking. Now, the gym that I go to that's near my daughter's school, you know, they go to the same school, but it's two different schools. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, I give up. I don't care. Listen, so there's a, I go to LA Fitness. So there's an LA Fitness near my daughter's school that's near the house because her school is near the house. And then Hudson goes to school in Santa Monica and there's one up near his school, okay? The one um, where my daughter goes to school is uh, in this big electronic arts building. Apparently they make video games. Right. So they build this big complex and part of it, they sold or something to L.A. Fitness. So it's got this awesome pool and this outdoor sandy volleyball court and outdoor basketball courts. And it's awesome. It's brand new and it's great and no parking. So you go into the garage and you have to go down this thing and then it's usually crowded and there's some guy and you're you have to park, you know, two those big, how do I, you know what I mean? Those long slots where you have to block a guy in and then give the attendant your key. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I just want to park. I just, maybe I'm still just a suburban guy. I just want to park. I don't want to have to give my key to an attendant because that means I have to get my key from an attendant. And I don't, I just want to go in there and ride a little treadmill and watch a movie on my phone and get out of there and go home. I don't want to deal with it. So the one near my son's school, his actual school in actual Santa Monica. It's just a parking lot and you just go in there and park and there's no attendant. And then theoretically, I guess you have to spend 50 cents to get out or something. You have to get a ticket, though that was broken today. So I didn't even need to get, I bought the ticket and it was 50 cents, but it won't, the machine won't give you change. So you got to get two, you got to get a dollar's worth of 50 cent ticket thingies. And then you go to leave and then the gate is up and you don't even have to, you didn't have to pay anything. But what I realized when I was at the gym is the gym always plays, you know, that horrible bong, bong, bong music, whatever it is. It's the strangest mix because I don't know who the mix is for. You know what I mean? But the gym, LA Fitness, always playing super loud, weird-ass mix of music. It's John Cougar Mellencamp, and then it's Taylor Swift, and then it's Ario Speedwagon, and then it's a song, I don't know what the hell it is. It must be what 13-year-olds are listening to. Like, I don't know who the music is for, but I look around the gym, and everyone is wearing headsets. Everyone, everyone, no one in the gym is listening to that boom, 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 stupid-ass music. Why don't you turn that off? We're all trying to hear something else. I don't want to have to listen to Taylor Swift sing when I'm trying to watch Grand Budapest Hotel. No one's listening to the John Bon Jovi, Judas Priest, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Izzy Azalea mix. They're not doing it. Turn it the hell down and let me watch a movie. I just, we just got a new router. We got a new wireless router and we're, bro you know, we're broke. I told you we're broke. So I got a kind of a cheap one, but it was supposed to be a good one. I did a little research. See, there's, there's two kinds of ways to research a router. And I, I realized that I, I did the one that seems like the way you should do it because what I did is I Googled it. I wanted to spend about a hundred dollars and I Googled $100 best Wi-Fi router 2015 or whatever. And so I found some videos and some things and listening, you know, whatever, whatever. And I read this and I watched these videos and then I found one. I ordered it was 79 bucks and it came and I set it up last night. And I don't even know the name. It's like a Zuzu or a Zuzu. I don't know what it's called. A-S-S. USS, USS, I don't know. So, so I hook up the router and, you know, setting up a router and I'm technically inclined. You know that I'm a podcaster for God's sake. I can set up a router, I think, but, but, it, but it's always a pain in the ass to set up a router. Why isn't that easier? Is there something about setting up a router that, that I just, is it because I'm on a Mac and I expect everything to be super easy? I expect just like a little voice bubble to come up and go, bink, Dan. Click here if you want to use your router. Maybe that's what it is. So I finally, after feeling, now granted, I'm doing this at 11 at night because nobody, you know, everybody else has to be asleep because everybody's constantly banging on the router in the house, right? Everything uses the router. So I finally get it set up. It's 11, 1130 at night. And I unplug the computer from the Ethernet 
so I can use the actual Wi-Fi, see how that's working. And it's screaming fast. It's unbelievable. It seems like a miracle. This Asusu, whatever it is, router. So I'm so happy. It's literally like I got a new computer, which I didn't. My computer's trying to die, so it restarts all the time. I get that, you know the screen, the gray screen with the power symbol on it? And like 15 languages to say, your computer's dying. You know that You know that screen? I get that all day long. Apparently, I think it's that my, my batteries die. I took it to the Apple store and they said, you're bad. it's your battery. You've used your battery too much, and now it's your battery. So I thought this is going to be awesome because this router is supposed to be fast and it's supposed to have an awesome range. It's supposed to have these little antennas in it that go every direction or whatever. And this is going to be great. This is going to change our lives because I'm telling you, we're always using the computers and the iPads and Netflix and Netflix. And here we're all using Netflix and laptops at the same time. We're multi-triangulating and tasking and everything. So. I'm so excited, but I have to, you know, it's time to walk. I got to walk the dog. I'm late to walk the dog for the dog's 11 o'clock walking. So I go to walk the dog and I'm so excited because I'm going to walk the dog down to the lamppost, which is where I walk him to in, in the night so I can see his poop. I mean, that's really the best use of street lamps is make your dog poop under the street lamp so you have, right? Or you have to do what I do. You have to have your iPhone with you so you can use the little flashlight attachment as a flashlight to look for shit. Sorry, co-workers. So I get down to the lamppost and I look on the uh, my phone for the Wi-Fi network from our house. Now, the, the lamppost is, so it's our house and then the quarterback's house next door and then the dentists live next door to them, okay? And the lamppost is outside the dentist's house. So it's us, quarterback, and his wife, the dentists. Okay? So I'm outside the dentist's house at the lamppost, and I look, and it lists all these routers. You know. And toward the bottom, because it's all in alphabetical order, and toward the bottom of the router, the list of routers, is the one that says, this is our wireless network, and that's ours. That's the best name I could think of. This is our wireless network. Okay, listen, it's not a super fancy name. I wanted to call it FBI surveillance van, but then I was afraid I would get in trouble for posing as an FBI surveillance van. But I saw that as like a joke online, one of FBI surveillance van. I thought that was funny and I remembered it, but then I got paranoid because it was late and I needed to go to sleep or eat or something. So I'm standing at the lamppost and I see this is our wireless network and I click on it. And I'm so happy because I'm so far away because my fantasy is I want the stupid router to get a signal to here in the studio, in the garage, under the flight path, right? I want to be able to serve the internet once again in here. Well, I get this message, you cannot join this network, uh, you know, at this time or whatever. But on this list of routers is one of my other neighbor's routers who, who's, his name is Steve. It's not Steve Whitebridge that used to live next door. It's a, a different guy named Steve, who, a guy whose real actual name is Steve. So this guy, Steve, who lives in the neighborhood, I can see his router and it's not password protected and I click on it and I'm pretty sure I can join his network, okay? But his house is so much further away from where I'm standing than my house that I'm now furious. So the real way to, to pick a router is not to Google it. The real way to pick a router is to look at what routers come up on your phone or on your laptop and pick the neighbor that is furthest away and figure out who it is and then I should just email Steve and say, Steve, what damn router do you have that I can pick up the signal from your house, which is nowhere near the lamppost? I can stand at the lamppost and get your Wi-Fi signal. Which router is that? Is it Netgear or what? Because whichever one it is, it's kicking the ass out of my brand new Asuzu. 
So sure enough, I bring the laptop a couple minutes ago into here. I set it up. I'm all excited. I'm like, I'm going to join my network. And I see on the list of things, there it is. This is our uh, wireless network. And I click on it and I can't join it. Now, I know that the Wi-Fi signal, I know, it's on the other side of the house. It's in the living room. I get it. It's in the living room. And between here and the living room is literally the fireplace. It has to go through the fireplace, through Hudson's room, through the back wall, across a little bit of the backyard, through, through the wall of the garage and into the garage studio. I know. But I can still get I can get Steve's from the lamppost. Does Steve have his Wi-Fi router in the window of his house pointing it at the lamppost? I highly doubt it. Why can I get Steve's router? I get the quarterback's router. I probably get the dentist router. I just don't know what there's called. I get the neighbors on the other side of us. Our next door neighbors there with where Mike, where uh, Steve uh, Whitebridge used to live. I get their router. It's unbelievable. I, like, I don't, I don't, you know, I know, I know, I know, I know these are 21st century problems. I know. I'm aware. I'm aware that it's ridiculous. But what happens is I come in here and I don't know what the last show number was. I don't know what I want to talk about. I want to look on my Twitter feed and on my Facebook feed to see what things I've talked about on Twitter and Facebook, see if they might make a good addition to the show, but I can't. But I don't want to do it in the house because the house is the house. This is the studio. This big pile of junk is where I do the show. So I'm good. This is what's going to end up happening. I'm going to end up, because we already bought the cable. I'm going to end up drilling a hole in my living room floor and running an Ethernet cable from the actual modem in the living room from our stupid uh, AT&T U-verse thing. I'm going to go under the house with the stupid wire and I'm going to run it to my son's bedroom so he can hotwire his video games into the damn modem and then put the router in there. Which, by the way, I shouldn't even need this damn router because the ATT Universe thing, it comes with a router. But that router's a piece of crap. So that's what I'm going to do. I swear, I, I, I'm going to have to crawl around under the house where I think there are possums or raccoons living right now. I'm going to have to crawl around down there and put a wire down there. And I know for you, that's normal. You're always crawling around outside somewhere, around the house or whatever. But listen, I'm a little... Southern California, baby, I'm not used to crawling around underneath the house. They don't make those. It's not a basement. It's not a basement. It's like something out of a horror movie. I'd gladly go into a creepy ass basement. That's fine. You got a flashlight and elbow room. No, this is crawling on your belly army style, trying not to get impaled on one of the nails that they use for the wood floor. Just 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 so I can check my Twitter feed. It's so sad. It's life is so sad. It's like when I went to Long Beach. So Hudson, my son, who just turned 16, by the way, there's a little reality check for longtime listeners. You know, my son, my little baby boy, my little my daddy would now make an announcement. He's 16. He's 16. He's six foot. What? Two? Six one, six two. He drove around the parking lot of his mother's former church when we were back east for the first time. It's surreal. It's sur Life is surreal. Life is surreal. So I went to the robot. So he had a robotics competition in Long Beach last week. Jeez, was that last week? Yeah. Long Beach. So if you don't know, Cal you know, Southern California. So Long Beach is south of Los Angeles. It goes L.A., blah, 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 I don't know, San Pedro, blah, 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 I don't know. Long Beach, okay? So I go to Long Beach, and the idea is I'm going to stick around. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can't sit around for three days watching robots. I can't do it. I, I can't. So I was going to drop off my son and his, my son, or my son and his buddy, depending on which day it was, and then I was going to find a place to park at a meter for a couple hours. I didn't want to spend the 10 or 20 bucks or whatever it was to park in the garage that was right there. They do this at the sports arena. So basically they have half of an arena is the audience and then the other half of the arena is all the pits for the robots, right? 
So that's my big plan. My big plan is I'm going to drop off Hudson and then I'm going to go find a parking meter up this little hill and park at the meter for a couple hours and then I'll head home. Well, apparently Long Beach is not uh, joining us here in the 21st century and requires quarters, dimes and nickels in their parking meters instead of the newfangled credit card parking meters like we have up in Los Angeles. So I don't have quarters. I don't keep quarters in my car anymore. I don't need to keep quarters. Why do I have to keep quarters? I have my own washing machine and we have credit card parking meters now. Can we press on with our lives? No. So I end up putting a couple, I guess, quarters in the meter and I go and talk to Hudson. I'm like, buddy, I I think I'm gonna, I got to go get quarters. I got to go get quarters. I don't know where in Long Beach to get. Where do you get quarters? The only places I know to get quarters are arcades. And I don't know where to find an arcade on eight, at eight in the morning on a Thursday in Long Beach. An arcade or a laundromat? I have no idea. So I eventually end up having to go to a bank to get quarters for the parking meter so I can go see robots. Is there something weird about that? To watch robots compete? I have to go get quarters and put quarters in a parking meter like uh, I'm in a film noir? Yeah, I'm going to put some quarters in the meter. Then I'm going to go get a dime and buy a cup of coffee. And then watch robots. I don't under I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And my daughter's been competing. She's you know my daughter's a dancer, right? I gotta drink again. Mmm. Are you enjoying this? Thank goodness you have such a long commute, or we'd never get any time together. If the, if seriously, if podcasting had never come to be. With all the driving that I do, I would have blown my brains out by now. Do you ever have that thought, that really legitimate thought? Like, literally, I cannot have done this much driving without podcasts. Bless you. Bless you, podcasters. Bless you all. Comedians, NPR, you independent guys that I still or I don't really listen to. Bless you all. Because seriously, without that much free audio entertainment, I just would have gone starkers. Because audiobooks are a fortune and they're mostly boring. Most of the time I hate the sound of the person's voice that's reading the book. They're not entertaining. They're boring. And you can't listen to the radio that long because if it's a music station or a news station or talk radio, it's the same loop all day over and over and over. So bless you, podcasters. Bless you. So my daughter had a my daughter has had several dance competitions this calendar year. And I will tell you that the last competition she had, she's she does a solo. She does a jazz number, she does a lyrical number. I'm not even sure what lyrical is. She's been dancing for I think 3 years now. People have explained it to me a 100 times. I don't know what lyrical is. I I don't get it. It's dancing. It's modern dancing. Maybe the song has lyrics and so that's they call it a lyric. I don't know. So she does a tap number, a jazz number, a lyrical number, a ballet number, and a solo. And her solo is to Josh Groban singing Smile, which was written by Charlie Chaplin. Have we gone into this yet? Written by Charlie Chaplin, and I don't know who wrote the lyrics and that. It doesn't really matter. And Josh Groban sings it. Many people sing it, but this is the Josh Groban. Okay. And sometimes the... the um, the competitions are in Long Beach at the high school there in Long Beach. Sometimes they're closer to home. Sometimes they're further away, whatever. So this last one, she's had two at the same high school in Long Beach this year. The last one, which was the same weekend as the robotics competition, she won. Like, won. For her age group, what is it like? I forget. 9 to 12 or 13 or something. I don't know. All I know is my daughter won. Like, full on. Boom. 
She's, 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 yeah. If she were 17, she'd be auditioning for So You Think You Can Dance. In all seriousness, she's very good. For her age, she's, yeah, it's, I can't even talk about it. I'll get choked up. So anyway, so she, so she won. So she goes to these dance competitions. So the last one, I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to see her dance because I was at Robots and I wanted to make sure I got my money's worth out of those quarters. But I did get, I did, was there for the award ceremony and she won and I cried and cried and I got in trouble because I didn't take a picture at the right exact moment, even though I was videotaping of her winning the big prize. And the reason I didn't take the picture, as it turns out, is because they didn't really have them stand there and pose for the picture. They just were like, here you go and get the hell out. But I got in trouble with my wife because that's what I do. By the way, I'm not even sure. I'm not, I'm not completely sure. That uh, my wife and I are even speaking anymore. I think we're just co-workers right now. Like really disgruntled co-workers. Right now. Which is a shame because I think we used to have crushes on each other and whatnot. And now we're just like, could you just not make me want to kill you for five minutes? If I, if I, make, it, if I make it for two days without wanting to strangle her. Because she wants to strangle me, it's a miracle. So anyway, I digress. So so with the last competition that was at that high school, I didn't go with – oh, the girls The girls always go early because they, they have to go early. They have to go two hours early and meet the rest of the dance company and get ready and stretch and they run routines and they give each other pep talks and they eat and they make up and change and all that. You know, they got to get ready. And then I show up later. And Hudson doesn't go because he's seen enough of that crap, right? So I go, and I'm getting out of the car, and I I grab a jacket because it can get kind of cold in there. One of them I froze. So I, I got my jacket, and I've got a little Cliff Bar snack. You know what I mean? You got to keep it real, people. And uh, I go, and I watch, and, you know, my daughter's school is, um, well, I'll put it this way. When um my when my daughter uh started learning how to dance and she's like oh she's gonna study ballet I told you what she studies right ballet tap jazz I've heard of all those lyrical whatever and that's what they do they go and they they do these things and you and you watch them and like wow you know they're really I mean it's kind of a awesome thing they are perpetuating a very important part of our shared culture in learning these techniques these dance techniques. And it's all very age appropriate and their costumes are quite modest and they go and compete and they try to do well based on technique and skill and all that, right? But after a while of watching these routines, routines after routine, you realize that some schools like my daughter's, they learn jazz and ballet and tap and all that. And the other schools are focusing on prepubescent seduction techniques because girls will come on stage wearing practically nothing, miles away from menarche. Is that the word I'm looking for? From pubescence. And they will like act like they're trying to plant me for three minutes in synchronization. They come, it's like, I, I don't know what they're learning to do. I don't know if the Disney Channel is looking for strippers and these girls are going to be very qualified. I don't know, it's like, well, like where are we going with this? Where are you going? These packs of like blonde, anorexic, spray tanned little girls to be trophy wives. They also strip on the side. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Doing moves that I don't want my daughter doing until she's 30. No, you know, I don't want my daughter doing those, honestly, until I'm dead. Okay? When I'm dead, I don't care if she does that at my funeral. I don't care. I'll be dead. But not not while I'm alive, and certainly not at the age of 11. No, thank you. But some of these routines do very well. I don't know if it's just sheer enthusiasm. They come on like freight trains, little sexualized freight trains, and they do well. But my daughter and her her gang have the skills, so they do very well. Like I said, last time, in all seriousness, boom, my daughter just like, and it wasn't just my daughter. I shouldn't I, I got to be, it was her whole company, her whole school. I don't know what it was about this particular competition because there was st stiff competition. They just wailed on everybody. 
And it was really nice to see because it was form over flash winning. It was technique over titties uh, winning. So what happens is, you know, they get their awards and there's hugs and you got to buy photographs. And my wife and I have to argue because she sent me to go up and look at the photographs. And I look at the photographs and I don't want to spend $30,000 on photographs. And I'm trying to second guess what photographs that she wants me to get. And it always becomes like everything else, this big issue of like her giving me an assignment so I can fail at living up to her expectations of how I'm going to execute that assignment as her proxy. So they leave, we leave, we all leave, we drive home, and when I get home I realize that my jacket, yes, another wonderful tale of Dan leaving his jacket somewhere, right? I can never make a clean getaway because I always am leaving my jacket somewhere. So I think to myself, listen, self, whatever you do, just do not, don't mention the jacket to your wife or anyone. Just go back, right, on Monday, it's tomorrow, the next day, this was on a Sunday, go Monday and just get your jacket. You, you're, listen, you're a white middle-aged man, you can just walk on campus and get the damn jacket. Go into the auditorium and get it. You know exactly where it is. It's where your seat was when you were crying about the award ceremony. Just get your damn jacket. So that's my plan. I'm going to drive to Long Beach. I'm not going to tell anybody. Nobody. Nobody could know that I left my jacket because I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I'm just going to drive to Long Beach. And I'm going to get my jacket. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so I do get the idea to try to plan a little bit ahead. I call the school to see if they have a lost and found because I, I don't want to go down there and then find out that somebody found it and they put it in the lost and found. So maybe what I'll do is just a preemptive strike. I'll call the school and say, hey, do you have my jacket? So I call the school and, and uh, I get one of those recordings where press one, press two, press three, right? For whoever you want. Well, I don't know who I want. So I press zero because that's what you do. You press zero. So I press zero. And then I get a, an answering machine. So I leave a message and I try another tactic. And I cannot seem to get a human on the phone. And it's Monday and I don't get it. I, I, get, I get you're busy. I get it. Your funding's been cut. You're understaffed or whatever. But seriously, there's no one to pick up a phone you understand it's ridiculous forget it i'm gonna drive down there and just get my damn jacket and i'm not gonna so i drive down there to long beach it's like a 20 minute drive half hour drive something like that to long beach and i show up at the high school and there is no one At the high school. No one. Now over at the side, kind of like the edge of the parking lot, there's some construction guys that I guess are putting up uh, solar panels in the parking lot or something. But as far as the campus, this huge public school in uh, Long Beach, there's no one. There's no one. And it's a Monday. And it's not a holiday. The next Monday was going to be Memorial Day or Labor Day or whatever the hell that was. Memorial, I don't know. But it wasn't that Monday. That Monday was not a holiday. I, I looked, I checked. It wasn't a, like, I don't know what's going on, but there's no one there. So I white guy walk onto campus. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to pretend like I belong here and uh, go get my jacket, I, I guess. Well, obviously, if there's no one there, now the big gate's open. It's got a big gate, all the, uh, it's got a fence all the way around it, but the gate, the big gate is open. So I go in, the doors to the auditorium are locked. So I go around the side, the side doors are locked, the stage doors are locked, the backstage doors are locked, the side stage door on the other side locked, all the building locked, 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 locked. So I start rolling around the campus, just strolling around looking for human life. I can't find anyone. I even start acting suspicious in hopes that like a security guard will come and accost me and then I can just do the, oh, hello, sir. I'm just a middle-aged white guy looking for a jacket. 
Nobody. 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 No, nobody. Nobody anywhere. So I go all around campus. I don't see anybody. So finally, I go, I'm like, oh, forget it. And I go back to the big gate. And the big gate that I white guy walked through is now locked. So now I am locked in the school. I'm locked out of the school, but I'm locked in the school. In the school grounds. I'm locked in the school grounds without my jacket on a Monday. Where the hell is everybody? Well, where the hell is everybody? And who locked the gate? So now I have to walk in the other direction by the thingy, the baseball diamond, to the construction worker guys and say, hey, hey, um, <laughs> hey, could you, did you, could I, I need to, uh, the gate with uh, exit, I need to go out the gate. So one of the guys kind of, without speaking, it was weird, man. Like, do you not speak? Because he kind of came over to me, indicated in some nonverbal way that he would unlock the gate, led me to the gate while I kind of chit-chatted at him, unlocked the gate and then walked back. And he didn't act like he was upset that we were doing this or happy to do it. He didn't return my conversational attempts in any way. It was just weird, just like, are you real? Do construction guys just not talk to kind of gay-looking upper middle, like, what, you know what I mean? What's going on here? Hey, man, hey, thanks, I really, and I just, I came in the gate and was locked, and I guess you, no, not, okay, nothing, really? Okay. So then, I have to give up on my jacket. I'm not getting my jacket. I guess, uh, try tomorrow? How many days in a row can they not have school? Where? Why do they? Do they just take Mondays off in Long Beach? Who knew? So the next day I call, and I get someone almost right away. Hello, uh, you know Millican High School or whatever it is. Hi, looking for my jacket. Uh, theater. Oh, let me put you through to the theater manager, stage manager. Okay. And the guy opens his name. Or the guy op- uh, uh, opens his name. What the hell? The guy. <laughs> the guy. Um. Picks up the phone. That stage manager. Hey, hi. Um, I'm a middle-aged white guy. I left my jacket. I'd like to uh, come and see if I can find it. Oh, where where do you think you lost it? Well, let's center of the house back towards the little booth thingy there and the thing. Okay, well, yeah, I'll see if I can find it. Blah, blah, blah. So he says, call me when you're on your way. And... um. You know, I'll have it for you. Okay. So I call one of them on my way. He's like, yeah, I've got it. Yep. The brown corduroy. Yep. Brown corduroy jacket. It says dipshit in there. Yep. Okay. So I go to the high school. The high school is overflowing with human activity. It is the exact polar opposite of what it was the day before. There are people everywhere. And it's 1.30 in the afternoon and everyone is leaving. So apparently, not only, you know, people are always talking about the state of education in America. Apparently in Long Beach, they don't go to school on Monday. And on Tuesdays, they get out at 1.30. I thought it would be perfect. 1.30 be after lunch, but before dismiss. No, everyone gets out at 1.30. Pandemonium. So I call the stage manager guy. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm here. He's like, great, I've got your jacket. Uh, where are you? I say, well, I'm right outside the auditorium. He says, great, I'll have someone uh, bring it out to you. Great. Hell of a nice guy. And so I stand outside the auditorium and I wait and wait and wait and everybody's leaving, people are leaving, everybody's leaving, people are leaving, and I'm waiting and waiting and there's the gate that got locked on me the day before and I'm waiting, waiting. No one's coming out with my jacket. And I look like a weirdo because I'm staring all the kids down looking for brown corduroy. And it's getting a little weird. So I, I'm like, 
well, F this, I'm going to go in and look for my damn jacket. So I go in the auditorium and there's, you know, a bunch of enthusiastic theater kids, which is awesome. God, I'd love a batch of enthusiastic theater kids. I, I, I ran out. I used to have a few and now I got none. There's enthusiastic theater kids and they're all like, hey, may I help you? I'm bright eyed and want to sing a song. And I'm like, yeah, where's the stage manager? Oh, he's backstage. So I go backstage and there's the stage manager. He's like, hi, I'm the stage manager. I'm like, hey, I'm Dan. And he goes, oh, your jacket's right there. And I want to say, listen, man, you said you were bringing. I didn't expect you to have a kid bring it to me. But when you said, do you understand? When you say that you're going to have someone bring it to me. I thought you were going to have someone bring it to me. <laughs> it sounds weird. I didn't assume, but you said. And when you said, then I assumed that you were telling the truth. Oh, is that your jacket? Yeah, that's my jacket there on that table where no one is holding it and acting like they're about to come outside and give it to me. So when were you going to come out? Like after rehearsal? At four o'clock, you were going to come out and bring me my jacket? Just... Just let me get, can I just, please, can I just get my jacket and go home with my jacket? I need my jacket. My jacket is my security blanket. You would think I'm not because I keep leaving it everywhere, but I'm Linus and that is my security blanket. Let me just, with a blanket, I'm going, I want to go put my sleeve, arm sleeves in my arm, my arms in my sleeve, jacket sleeves, my security blanket sleeves. All right, thanks for listening uh, to me rant at you for an hour. I hope that was okay. Next time, I guess I will... T- I didn't tell you that this time. We're, we're out of time. Let's not get into it now. But next time, I'll talk to you about the 80s party, the 80s prom that we had. That was the other... That was the fundraiser that's like, how much are you spending to ra- like raise money? I don't get... Why, why don't you just give all this money to the school and we all just get drunk at home? Anyway, that's uh, next time, but uh, thank you for listening. I think I might, well, you know, you tell me if you, I, I might, um, how do you even get into it? Set up a Patreon account? Patreon? I don't know, man. Just when we when we stopped doing the premium pill, there were a couple people that said, hey, you know, I would continue to kind of help, uh, you know, um, finance the show, so to speak. And you hear all the NPR shows doing it. You know, with your help and donations and listeners like you and all that. So, between now and the next show, I may set up a Patreon thing. It's already semi there, but it hasn't been launched. But we'll see. Kind of basically because we're in a financial situation now where I shouldn't be spending time doing the podcast because it is now a hobby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nothing is going to come of me doing this podcast other than you listening to me for an hour. That's that's the limit of the whatever of this podcast. So uh, to justify the bandwidth and the equipment and uh, the time and all that, I may need to set up that Patreon, Patreon, whatever it's called thing for people that want to help support the show and try to keep it going and try to keep me focused on every once in a while doing the show. I mean, and trust me, I'm not joking when I say I think about it every week and every week I hope to do one and then the week's suddenly over. This this is Friday. My son happened to go in early today instead of his normal late Friday and it just worked out and I'm very glad it did. So anyway, it's great to shout into the microphone at you again. Thank you for listening. Um, Once I start doing real stand-up, I will let you know where and when will I travel. That would be interesting. Um, Yeah, I redesigned danclass.com, but there's not much there. Uh, Thebitterspill.com is next. I know I'm getting email. I got a couple emails from people like, your website sucks. I know. Nobody goes there. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. I'll get on to it. But uh, I've really been honestly buried, buried in paperwork. For so long, I'm so tired of it. Anyway, listen, I hope you're doing well. 
uh, stay cool, stay warm, whichever extreme you're experiencing right now, uh, stay the other thing that you're comfortable with. You understand? Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's 